the Ringer did a thing. I for sure didn't read it. I didn't have three hours to read all those extra words. It, that said, this is going to be the most wide open best picture race in years, and I, the graphic for it was uh, Rami Malek. Oh, God. I was um, like, why? Was he in something else? I do agree. Is <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robot a movie this year? <laughs> Brunch! Hit it, boys! Peter, I'm glad to see that you also survived. Survived our uh, our mountain trip? No. Uh, you, I, One could never really survive that mountain trip. We could only grow from it. We were reborn. It was the mountain between us. We Yes. Not that bad a movie. That I, movie I really like just like disintegrated. Uh, but the, I'm, I'm glad that you surpri- uh, survived the attack. The attack on... The attack from Gillette. The attack from Gillette. Oh, uh, we are, uh, I don't think we've really pulled back the curtain on this podcast. We are two men who do this podcast, and uh, men were ruthlessly attacked by Gillette, and men are fighting back. <laughs> They're I taking you meant, a stand. I thought you meant the attack on the Los Angeles Chargers at Gillette this weekend. It's not an attack if you go, like that's like the masturbation version of an attack. They went and they like attacked themselves all over the field. <laughs> they true. played seven DBs like the whole first half. Just not like didn't touch Tom Brady. Didn't cover his running backs. Yeah, so that's not an issue at all, White. right? And that was that sucked because like ten seconds into the game, I was like, I changed my mind. You I changed <laughs> my pick. I like obviously. I, wait, uh, you like, spent uh, you spent seven days being like mm, charges might do it, charges yeah. might do it, and then like thirty seconds in the game, you're like, ooh, you're like, shit. no. Well, uh, the Chargers scored in their first drive, and I was like, okay, I've been, I was looking for a shootout really uh, forever. Saturday, uh, I was watching the games with some friends. I was screaming about lack of shootout uh, in the group text every time there was like a sniff of a shootout. People were sending the Michael Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted a shootout. Didn't get the shootout. Uh, Chargers, awful. I did think it was funny that everyone was like, "Oh, see, Philip Rivers, loser." What did Philip Rivers do wrong? He was a baby, but whatever. Tom Brady's I mean, a baby. Oh yeah, he was. A, he was a huge baby. I made the. Uh, I made a great comparison. I said Philip Rivers lineman block like the racist guy from Remember the Titans. The racist lineman. Yes, it's, it's just like, like oops. Yeah, missed the, missed the fucking assignment. So many players. Who are on the Chargers? Who are good? Were like really bad. Like not only did they not cover the Patriots' happen. running backs, but Desmond King, who was supposed to take away Julian Edelman, was he sucked both in coverage and in special teams. The f- one time in the Patriots' first five drives that they didn't score a touchdown, he muffed the punt, gave yeah. the ball back to them. They scored another touchdown. Hilarious. Anyway, not the attack on the Chargers, uh, or the the because that wasn't an attack on the Chargers. Chargers just laid down. Very disappointed. Phil Rivers still the goat, though. Jury's still out on whether or not he's the greatest. It's not set in stone that he's not. Um, men were very hurt by the uh, campaign from Gillette. Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, the if you haven't seen it, the campaign is basically like, hey, men. Stop being assholes. Right. It's like, uh, hey, you know, there are some things that men do that if they didn't do them, they'd be better and everybody else would be better off for it. And guys saw that and they were like, oh, come on. (laughs) 
Oh well, well, what are you? About? I want to be like, dude. What in that video are, were you like? Were, come on, let me keep doing that. What are you trying to protect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, let me, it was they're like grown chasing men, a little boy. Yeah, they're like grown men watching children fight like it's like a fucking little human cockfighting yeah. thing, and they're like, like, are you very really? You really want that? That's, that's ruining your day. That that could yeah. potentially not happen. It's, they're like, it's like God bullying. If adults cannot watch little children beat the shit out of each other on their front lawn. It. Well, like, there's two things. It's either that somehow guys saw that video and there were things in it that they uh, that they want to keep doing. Which, like, as an the adult man, one, all of those catcall. I'll be. I discussed catcalling uh, recently with someone. I think accidentally I realized I catcall my coworker Phil Perry a lot, <laughs> but I for sure don't catcall. Like, I don't think I've ever catcalled a, a girl. I don't think I like. I can't imagine a girl walking by me and me being like, uh, "Shake that thing!" Like I'm not gonna do that. Bada bada that's right. That thing. that would be so awkward and rude and weird. That's, that's like a lot of the things. that's like, guys, don't do this. Like I'm not saying that I haven't done any of them. Like like obviously a lot of the the stuff that they were showing in that video of like youths being idiots. Yeah, a lot of like kids do dumb shit. But the thing is, what that video is saying, instead of saying boys will be boys, stop it right there. Yeah. Be like, hey, you know, you don't have to do that. And you're actually not even supposed to do that. So uh, bad job. Don't do that again. Maybe a lot of stuff would be corrected that way. So either guys, either adult men are watching that and are upset that they don't get to do some of those things anymore, which that's some weird nostalgia they've got going on. Or they're just overwhelmed and sick of everybody piling on and saying uh like every few days there's a uh hey men and another thing don't do this the reason there's a new one every few days is because there's a ton of them and it's and been for a while. years yeah. yeah and for years they just didn't point out yeah. any of them i mean i i sort of get it from that sense like why you'd have that reaction where it's like all right enough but it's like for the Gillette ad it's targeting all the right things and it's not being like Hey, all men are bad. Right. All men are trash. It's like, hey, here are some things that right. we shouldn't be doing. This is a good man. This Point is a bad man. Yeah. yeah, I, uh, yeah, but I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that people were going in on that. I hadn't seen like many negative reactions. I Maybe saw the I didn't pay video. I saw that that it, a sponsored trend was the best a man can be, mm. and I was like, ooh, I know exactly what this is going to be. I know exactly what the reaction's going to be. Let's party. I clicked on it, watched the video. A lot of the hashtags were like, um, or a lot of the, the tweets, the top tweets I saw in the hashtag, actually all the ones I saw were positive. It yeah. was like, uh, like, oh man, like, as, uh, like, like I, like having grown up in the closet, like this made this like made me emotional, blah, blah, like a lot of like good things like like this. You guys are sending a good message here. But then today I started to see people reacting to the people who were angry at it. And I knew that that was going to happen. I knew. Of course. I, I, I do think that there's like a don't dunk on idiots element of this. Like when um, like I saw one time uh, somebody, uh, one of my friends tweeted, how come? Wait, really? There's a hashtag uh, white lives matter hashtag and I was like, yo, you just kept that hashtag going yeah, by right. using that. Like it's don't 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 bring light to just really stupid small stuff. Let it die because those people are are idiots. Yeah, I mean, I think I think just like overall, 
people should be less thirsty to fight online. Yeah. Because there are plenty of reasons to fight and be angry online. We just need to stop seeking them out. They, yeah. If you want to fight, just wait like five minutes and there'll be a worthy cause. You don't have to seek one out. That is my thing with so many uh, issues and conflicts that are presented. Like I, I always say, like if you want to be mad at me for something, then just wait five minutes. If you want right. to think that I fucked something up, wait five minutes and you'll find, and I will really fuck something up. The seeking it out thing doesn't need to happen. Which brings us to our next topic of conversation. Every few days, I tweet Greta Van Fleet sucks <laughs> just to see uh, kind of what, what shakes out and. Uh, now I'm getting bites, and I have no idea why I did it. Yeah, I mean, you have you have successfully... I'm surprised it's taken this long, but you have successfully... I've been kicking that nest for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were the kid in My Girl who just keeps kicking the beehive, and, yeah. and then just one day, they killed you. Uh, Except instead of the bees going, bzz, they're going, Oh, I'm the mama, mama, I'm the king pong pong player. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you've successfully infiltrated uh, Greta Van Fleet Hive. I think there's only, like, six people. I know. They all have the same picture of the it's same so guy sad. from <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. Uh, one of them said, like, oh, <laughs> the first, like, real insult that was on my way, uh, one of my pals who uh, I used to work with now works in Pittsburgh, Tim Benz, awesome dude, uh... He really likes Greta Van Fleet. So Not it's an awesome dude. It's weird when you say something that you know is going to upset someone you like, but you're like, gotta do it. I've got more than one follower. <laughs> yeah. This is not for you. This is for uh, other people to spread to the people in their lives that like Greta Van Fleet so they can have conflicts with their friends. Not so I can. Uh, and But he came back at me with like, oh, let me guess. You'd rather some band with uh, like fedoras and bongos and blah, blah. And it was just like... It was more of a cliche than the actual cliche of like fedora wearing bands and stuff like that. So I got into it with him a little bit, and I think that's maybe what like woke up the hive because then a day later, I got uh, like the, the the usual stuff that you get when people when people who don't know you are mad at you on Twitter. A very common one. This happens every time you like wake up a hive. <laughs> they say this guy's just mad because he's got a blue check mark but no one knows who he is. That would be such a specific thing to be mad about. <laughs> but it's like but people say that about like I've, yeah, I've had Antonoff stands say that about me. I've seen people yeah. say it about you. I like it's why how does that become the go-to Twitter insult? Yeah, and I it's hilarious too because like it's always people that like have less followers than you and it's like I I know that, that that's like not like a a metric to judge oh yeah like, like the by, last but thing like, I care about legitimately are like followers right. of cloud or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm I think there you've to, proved it. Yes, yeah, so right. Like I am there to, to give you if a you bad did, time. If you did care about your follower count, you're you're. I wouldn't be to sending Greta Van Fleet <laughs> sucks every five days. Uh, yeah, but I, I just think that's funny that like those people are like, oh, nobody knows who this guy is. It's like, well, it's like so. If no. the goal is to be famous, <laughs> you don't. You know must. Who he is. You must be miserable. <laughs> I mean, people did. I it is funny that. when people like when they don't know somebody, and they're just like nobody knows who this person is. Ah, yeah. Uh, they so I retweeted that, and there's like a, a very, very, very small uh, subsection of social media. I think I've talked about it with uh, like my Instagram comments. Uh, people who ironically uh, like Stan, like not me, but. Like the brave Dave persona, who like act like 
oh no this like to the people who are like no one knows who this guy is like people were responding like uh actually he's the most famous person like in <laughs> massachusetts and blah blah like he's very very famous when very in reality like we're all making fun of me here but it's 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 pretty great i think it's, it's a nice it's nice little reinforcements to have in your corner right to know that like there's like a fake me that doesn't exist <laughs> that people are telling that other are, people like and then hey. it's gonna make them question like their their uh who yeah. they're coming at. like oh you don't know who brave dave is <laughs> Ooh, you better watch out so uh congrats to you this yeah. is a big you've achievement unlocked yeah you've, you've infiltrated the gv oh god gv Here. bloop they are they're so I have so many questions for them, but I also just want to give it up because I really need to devote less of my brain I, to Greta Van Fleet. Like I came in here, I had that stupid fucking highway tune stuck in my head, and now we've been I was singing it the whole it too, day. Yeah, uh, I do love though when there's like shitty things that have devout followings from like small amounts of people. Jack Antonoff, obviously. Like I mean, people fucking love Jack Antonoff. People love Greta Van Fleet. Um, but I do love that, like, there's a Twitter hive of Greta Van Fleet that doesn't appear to be very large, but, like, yeah. very devoted. Mm. It's, like, I, I feel like that's, like, a, like people who are devout, like, NCIS fans. Oh. It's, like, this thing is clearly successful, probably not that good, but people fucking love it, and they will go to war for so, it. Like, Kevin Can Wait. Yeah. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the Kevin Can Wait guy. What do you think happened All to that racists. guy? Did that guy, I don't think I muted him. I may have. The Kevin Can Wait guy? I don't know. Maybe they, well, just, they canceled Kevin Can Wait. Yeah, so I think maybe he just. I tweeted that off. guy constantly saying, hey, they just canceled Kevin Can Wait. <laughs> I told that guy so many times that they canceled Kevin Can Wait. And then, like, two days later, he'd be like, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes me sad that that guy hasn't been heard from since Kevin Can Wait was canceled. It makes me think that he just, like, very defeatedly logged off. He, no, well, he, you know what he went to do? Go have uh, masculine sex oh, with yeah. with ca- right. capital M capital S. That's right. Goals. Uh, people at home, you might notice that that we are we are back in the studio today. Back from the mountain. Back from the mountaintop. Um, I felt like last episode was a was sort of a, a good thing for us and for for our listeners. It was sort of like an audio heat check. It's like, mm. hey, you know what? This is how good you've had it for so long. Yes. And here's what it could be. Because I be would, thankful. When we first started going, I would listen to other podcasts, and I'm like, man, it is so easy to sound good. It is so easy to sound good, folks. And if you want, I'll tell you right now, in case you're trying to start a podcast, uh, two dynamic mics, any sort of interface, and just bam. Plug and go. Easy. It's so easy to sound good. So, like, I remember in the early days of Pardon My Take, I would listen to it, Oof. and I was like, I knew that, that like a lot of the the charm of Barstool back then was uh, like rough around the edges. But I was like, this is incredible <laughs> that they like one of the smartest people in the world, like PFT the, commenter, can't best and like one of the biggest podcasts. Oh yeah, in sports. And they they were just like, nah, this is fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? But I mean. I would go. I listened to it yeah, all the I time, know. so I was going along with it. But it is so easy to sound good uh, as a podcast. So uh, we hot tub affected our sound. Yeah, hell, we, yeah, we did. Uh, our sound was really good. People were used to a good sound, so we jumped in the pool, got ourselves cold. Now we're back in the hot tub, That's all right. hot again. That's right. Got that hot sound. Uh, good to be back here. Uh, we've got some stuff coming up that we're very excited about, but we're not gonna. We're gonna. No, we don't. We're gonna. We're gonna That's throw throw some blankets over it, and it's gonna be revealed at some point in time. Uh, you can't even tease that. That's it's too early you, to you tease that you, we're you gonna tease something. You, you don't even know what I'm talking about, though. I could be talking about future anything. episodes. 
Maybe. We've got big announcement. Brunch is not canceled. <laughs> we have got... Let me tell you, if you like episodes, get ready, because we've got more of them coming. But still one per week, because we're not committing. Still, yeah, day. not nothing um, Please I, pay us money on Patreon. Yes, yeah, please do that. Uh, Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Just give us money. Uh, how is my New Year's resolution going, you ask? Yeah, uh, I, did, I did have that. Pretty pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm at 11 movies. In it's the fort, fort Oh, you're made. smoked. You no, are so no, I'm done. Not, no, I'm not. It's Oscar season season, <laughs> and you're not over one per day. That is not good. Yeah, but that's because I've seen everything. Like once the Oscar, you are going to be watching Focus so <laughs> much. No, man. Once the uh, once the Oscars, the noms officially come out. I think next it's week. like next week. Yep. Uh, once they come out, I'll have my list of movies that I need to see. I still got I got my HBO watch list. I've mm. got my Showtime watch list. A lot of good movies on Showtime, by the way. Mm. Sneaky sneaky little collection there. Uh, once and once hockey season's over, and I got nothing to do in the summer. It's all yeah. Over. It's all over for you, boy. I uh, saw. I, I've been checking them off pretty uh, liberally. I'm actually starting to group the uh, the movies that I've seen that I think have a chance of um, of sneaking into nuts. of uh, best picture. So, like you see right here, I'm starting to group them. Some I'm not sure about, uh, and I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to re-watch a few of them. Uh, I'll just give a quick little rundown. Yeah, I was going to ask you to do that. In the uh, in the excellent category, I have The Favorite, which is number one. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk is probably between very good and excellent for me. And then I've got a very big category of very good, which in no particular order, Black Klansman, Green Book, A Star is Born, Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, Good, Bohemian Rhapsody, terrible. But I do want there to be, I want, I'm trying to come up with like excellent, very good, good, fine, bad, terrible. Yeah, I think that's and a good way to do it. I don't think that, I mean, I think it's good that there's no fine, there's no bad. There's only, that. there's only one movie that even spans fine, bad, terrible. And I mean, it's the, it's the, yeah, the, the worst movie I've seen, if it is nominated, which I'm assuming it will be, it'll be the worst movie I've seen nominated uh, since I started watching movies Bohemian three Ra- years ago. Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to get nominated. I would I would be very happy if it didn't. Uh, I'm not totally sold on it getting nominated. I saw The Ringer did a thing. I for sure didn't read it. I didn't have three hours to read all those extra <laughs> words. Edit people. Um, it, that said, this is going to be the most wide-open best picture race in years and uh, the graphic for it was uh Remy Malik. Oh god. I was um, like why was he in something else? I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mr. Robot a movie this year? <laughs> um no, I, I I agree with you. Uh the favorite is my number one right now. Mm-hmm. I would put. Where did you put? Um, Can you ever forgive me? Is, you oh, that in there? I did. Um, that would be excellent. That would be in the excellent category. Yeah, I'd me. put that. Uh, I'd put that in very good. I think. I think I would have that in excellent, and I would put. Um, I don't know if the, a Star Is Born would make it into same. So that the biggest, so like the the biggest on the fence one for me is it's in between a very Star good and Is Born. Oh no, I have it between I would very, put, good and very good. No, I would have it between very good and excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I we'll talk about this because we're gonna do, we're gonna review uh, if Beale Street could talk today. I would not put it very. I think I might put it at, at good. Yeah, people didn't like it. I uh, I really liked it. But 
People didn't, so right, uh, uh, I'm in the minority. And here's, uh, I've got a little bit of a list myself. Uh, I saw You haven't seen Roma, have you? I saw Roma. No, because it's on Netflix, and they say you're supposed to see it in theaters. Oh, yeah, we did talk about this last week. Um, I Did you do it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. And... I didn't. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about it. I definitely wasn't crazy about it. It had some very cool technical aspects, but at this point, I would put it at, at like good to lower good hmm. tier. Um, but I think that that's going to sneak into the best picture category noms. Um, what else? Saw Death of Stalin. Finally, uh, Stalin. It was. It was very funny. It was very yeah. funny, but it, it sort of like felt like something was missing to me. And I know that that's been sort of gotten some Oscar buzz as well. I I don't know how, how I'd feel about that sneaking into a Best Picture nom. Huh. It wasn't that good. I don't yeah, think. I still need to see Roma. I want to see that uh, that Ben is Back movie, but uh, it's not. It, it's, it hasn't been the humdinger that uh, people thought it was going to be. Did people really think that it was going to be a humdinger? I mean, I th- I, Lucas Hedges is great. Julia right. Roberts is that's a pretty big one-two punch there yeah. in the front of it. But I don't know. It, it, There's a lot of addiction movies coming out this yeah. year. I like mean, last year was fucking things you're not supposed to fuck movies. This year yeah, is yeah. Uh, yeah, Steve putting Carell things and, uh, you're not Timothy supposed to. Chalamet. Yeah, uh, also had that that one. Um, yeah, beautiful boy, beautiful boy. Yeah, uh, Lucas Hedges' dad, I believe, directed uh, Ben is back. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, what's, uh, do you know that the, the Richard Linklater's daughter was in Boyhood? That's the girl. I, I, I didn't know that. Her, her dad directed that movie. Yep. I'm going to direct y'all to Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, right? Yep. Oh, Nailed yeah. It. Good job. Uh, and cryptos all with just a little bit of commission. Just kidding. Limited time only. Actually, permanent time, commission-free. No commission. <laughs> I threw, I sent you on a wild goose chase. They start to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. They got nom- a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. Got a clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. So, here are the values of the Robinhood app. You got no commission fees. That's huge because other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. It's very easy to use. The web platform also lets you view stock collections such as 100 most popular, sectors like entertainment and social media, curated categories like female CEOs. Female there was used as an adjective, not as a noun. So shouts out to Robinhood, non-problematic use of females and uh, analyst ratings of buy, hold, sell for every stock. You learn it by doing. It's super intuitive. You learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. You discover new stocks and track favorite companies with the personalized news feed, customized notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Now, Robinhood is giving listeners free stocks such as Ford, Apple, Sprint, whatever, to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at brunch.robinhood.com. That's brunch.robinhood.com. I am not mentioning any of the things that it is asking me to not mention. Good for you. We finally Robin did Hood, it. <laughs> stick to the script. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you want to do first? We got Vice. Uh, we got If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, tell you what. I'm going to sneak in with a third little option and just tell you that this is a week of uh, Firefest movie Ooh, wars. Firefest okay. documentary wars. Uh, 
Netflix was saying that they had theirs coming. It was supposed to be released Friday. Hulu had one in the works as well. And Hulu just did a nice dick move, dropped theirs on Monday, and it has... uh, the whole thing is done with the guy who created Firefest, so it automatically has, like, like better. <laughs> yeah, because he's not in the other one. The other one is done by Fuck Jerry, whom Firefest hired to do their social media, but the Hulu documentary has a guy who quit Fuck Jerry after it and was like in charge of a lot of it. So I don't know. Like I'm eager to see the Netflix one, but I watched the Hulu one and it was pretty solid. It give, me, was, give me a quick little rundown. I'll, I'll probably watch it at some point, but I want to know what what the what's what's the juicy stuff in there. It was just unbelievably irresponsible. It was this twenty five year old guy who was just sleazy as hell. He um, he basically like kept stealing and like plugging holes in all of his uh, business endeavors to just try to kick the can down the road like he would have these events where uh they, they there's a former employee from his previous company that's like oh listen to how this guy operated uh he would have events where he would say that uh he was uh like auctioning off uh tickets to Hamilton and he'd put like 200 up for auction and they'd be like yo we know you don't have 200 tickets for auction should we still be auctioning these off and he's like yeah 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 and then, like, last minute, he would go on StubHub and buy tickets for Hamilton to give to the people who bought them. Then he would have an auction for, like, Beyonce tickets to help pay for all the money that he just spent on the Hamilton tickets. And he would just keep doing, like... What? He was just, like, just insane. He was... Uh, somebody said, and quite accurately, like, this business was Entertainment 720. Like, they didn't do anything, <laughs> but their thing was, like, we're in business. And so they, the planning for it was just hilariously irresponsible. Like, you really have to see it to believe it. They put stuff on sale, and they, like, did this the, their marketing blitz and everything without knowing where it was going to be, without having an island picked out, without just doing anything they just they're like we'll put this in motion meanwhile it's like four months away and the best guy in it is a uh well there are two good guys in it there's a venture capitalist who was kind of following it from the beginning and like very quickly he was like oh this isn't gonna work so then he really started following it and he made a twitter account that would uh like respond to everything firefest tweeted and like ask questions that people would see and be like huh yeah, that is a good question. Uh, so that guy was great. The other one was a bartender uh, from the Bahamas who got like who they really relied on for like insight and hey, would you think we'd be able to have it at this place? Think we'd be able to do it here? Yeah. Uh, and the whole time, this bartender was like, "I told like they told me the idea, and I was like, just so you know, like that that won't work." And then they came back a month later, and they were like, yo, we told you we'd be back. It's happening. And they would have these parties. They, there is a video of uh, Ja Rule doing no the- No way. Yep. No ja way. Ja Rule doing the, it's here's to, like- to living like movie stars, partying like rock stars, and fucking like porn stars. And 
in 2016, right. was it? So they, so th- this is all at like a dinner down there in the Bahamas, and everyone's like screaming, hooting, and hollering. And they cut to the bartender guy, and he goes. At that point, I stood up. I said, "He doesn't. He doesn't speak great English." He said, "Can I have a moment of silence?" <laughs> he said, "Could I please have a moment?" And they said, "Yes." And he said, "Let's eat." Let's drink. Let's have a great night. Like, if there's someone here that you're trying to stup, do whatever you've got to do. Tomorrow, we've got to get to work. <laughs> like, this, like this, we have set an unrealistic goal. This is an unattainable thing. So we can, we can keep having these celebrations that we're going to have a lot of fun. But we have to, like, hire an event planner or whatever at some point and they were like they all laughed at him (laughs) and there are like analysts in it that are like if there was even one person who had planned a small birthday party they could have said this is unfeasible and here's why for a million reasons but they were just they would go down there and celebrate they were gonna have this thing and they would and like the bartender would keep saying to them, like, "Hey, man, now it's two months away. You still don't know where it's gonna be. You still haven't done anything." And they'd say, "Oh, let's go jet skiing." And they just kept oh, pushing Jesus. it off. Eventually, they finally uh, they bought booze for it, and it was two million dollars worth of booze. And they cut to the bartender. He goes, "Do you know what duty is in the Bahamas? That's nine hundred thousand dollars of tax." to buy $2 million worth of booze in the Bahamas. So they immediately ran out of money. And they just kept doing, like, fake wire transfers, like, all sorts of fraud. It was incredible. Like, I'm probably going to watch it again because it was blowing my mind. I I got home from work last night, took a sleeping aid, and put it on. I was like, I'll fall asleep to it. And I watched the whole thing because it was just unbelievable. How long is it? Hour and a half. Okay, Not, that's doable. And the, the that days, guy's going to prison, right? He's in prison for oh, six years. In, yeah, really. Okay. Leading up to it, uh, then when it gets to the final week, it's showing footage of like five days left, and it says it like in the middle of the screen, like iMovie style. Yeah. Next four days left, it's a little bigger. Next like three days left, and like the <laughs> the font is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it's like one day left, and it is basically what it looked like when people showed up, except the night before. There was a huge. There was a monsoon the night before. Yes. So the little work that they <laughs> yes. did do, they didn't even get an island, dude. They got a. It was like a, a like a gravel pit, yeah. <laughs> and they were trying to put. They were like hiring workers <laughs> to like dump sand on it. It was, it was incredible. And of course, <laughs> none of those guys ended up getting paid. Yeah, I know. And oh my god. They're like we were working throughout the night, like trying to fucking like dump <laughs> sand somewhere. Meanwhile. Like, the only, like, Blink-182, uh, because I think that was what the first people started to hear of Firefest was when Blink-182 was like, yeah, we're, we're not going to go to this, sorry. And everyone was like, huh, why? And then the next day, like, there was some really good footage of people there, like, crying, freaking out. That's they awesome. uh They hired this planner with, like, I think four months left to try to really tie it all together, and when people finally show, and this guy just had no fucking shot. He was like, this is ridiculous. When people showed up, uh, there's just a bunch of tents and there's like nothing else. So yeah. the guy... Did they like, have like ham and cheese sandwiches yeah, yeah. and shit? The guy really quickly on the fly like worked up a system where he could assign tents to everybody. And uh, he, he had them make a line. It was like, all right, come to me uh, and like we can check you in and that way everything's documented and it's safe, blah, blah. And like... 
20 minutes into it, the guy who created the festival, this 25-year-old, like, I feel b- bad for this guy. He's obviously a The crook. guy who created yeah, it? but he's such an idiot. He stands up on, like, this, like, wooden plank and is like, okay, everybody, uh, here's what, it's like when, uh, what's his face, uh, when Mr. Brown in the um, Diversity Day episode of The Office is like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. And he starts to say it, and then, like, three seconds into it, Michael goes, Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, like, this guy is, like, finally starting to get under control for a second. And this guy's like, hey, uh, does anybody have any questions? And they're like, yeah, what do we fucking do, man? And he started telling people, like, just take any tent. Oh, my So God. now, like, on, in addition to all the other issues that they had, like, now, now it just became a free-for-all where everyone's just, like, running and trying to find tents. There were no mattresses in the tents. They were all just stacked on the side of the road. <laughs> so people were just dragging the mattresses. <laughs> It was hell yeah. It's like I, I really recommend it. I'm gonna watch the Netflix one too because I, I think I can't get enough of this content. Is the 25 year old in prison? He's he's on the Hulu one. Yeah. What are they interviewing him in prison or was this before he went to prison? I that's a good question. I don't know. He's not. Uh, he's in a room, like not okay. in prison uh, for it. But he uh, they don't make him look good. At all. Well, I have I no assume, idea why he it, agreed to. I would it. assume that it would be hard to make that guy look good. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah, there were some really, really just like unbelievable parts. And all these people that, that were like planning it with them, they were like, yeah, this guy was an absolute idiot. They made him, uh, they made the, the fuck Jerry guys who uh, ran like the social media marketing for it, they made them, uh, you can like filter out swears on your comments, so you can make it so if someone writes like "fuck you" on one of your things, it doesn't show up. They made them add filters that filtered out uh, fraud, scam, flights, because people were like, "Hey, I booked my flights and I haven't gotten anything like any confirmation. What's going on?" People kept asking these questions, so they had to use like the the swear filter to wow. hide that stuff. It got so bad. One of the words that they had them filter out was festival. <laughs> oh my so basically, God. if you commented, hey, remember the bar that we were at in Atlanta that the touch tunes like had yes, everything yeah, blocked? Yeah. It was like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, highly recommend it. It's just it's insane. Uh, Speaking of movies that don't look somebody make somebody look good, mm. we saw Vice. Yeah, it certainly Vice doesn't make yeah. Dick Cheney look good. But before that, but it does make everybody else look bad. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, before that. Got a nice little read here. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? It's a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Uh, HelloFresh is enjoyable, easy, delicious, uh, and it can help you reach your your New Year's resolutions. If you got any New Year's resolutions, trying to eat better, trying to learn how to cook, I'm trying to learn how to cook. Ooh, and uh cooking it, it is it's it's a lot more fun than i expected it yeah. to be honestly it's rewarding uh it is it is i always was the kind of person that was like i'm not going to do this it's too much work that mm-hmm. i'm just going to eat but it's i i like i've grown Why not to have like both i've grown to like the process uh so if you're if you're trying to learn how to cook if you're trying to eat better HelloFresh is very, very great. They uh, they sent us a box. They did. They sent us a, one of them them shipment boxes. It's basically like a little refrigerator that they send to you with all the ingredients. They nice. they bag them for you. They send you the we meat. Got the dry ice going in there. Uh, no dry ice. Uh, HelloFresh sends you a, a 
ice on the bottom. Ooh. And nice little ice packets on the bottom. Ice Keeps on the your... bottom, so you know it's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we uh, personally endorse it. It's a, it's a great little product. It sends you uh, some nice meals. So if you want to get in on this action, take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for you guys for 2019. Get $80. $80 off your first month her first month of HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash brunch80. That's brunch80. $80 off your first month by going to HelloFresh.com slash brunch80. Vice makes Dick Cheney look terrible. Makes everybody look terrible. I would say that if there's a power rankings of people it makes look terrible, uh, number one, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> yep. uh, number two... Uh, I, I, basically, let's just get to this part. I don't know where to place Bush because they make him look just they they, Comically they almost take stupid. away uh, blame from him because, because he's so stupid. Like if he were in if he were tried in court for all of his sins, like you wouldn't be able to convict him based on what they showed in that movie because he was like so stupid yes he he they painted him in it's like such a bad it's light. like in breaking bad when uh skylar pretends that uh she accidentally cooked ted beneke's books by just being really ditzy yeah and they're like we can't try somebody for negligence like you he's they make him look like such an idiot they make a lot of people look like idiots in this movies but especially but they, i mean they make a lot of people look bad and they make a lot of people look dumb but dumb enough i mean or smart enough to know like sort of what they're doing or well they make some people are. like they make cheney look evil yeah for yeah. sure yeah like, they, they don't make bush i mean christian bale thanks satan in his golden globe that was speech. great yeah <laughs> uh yeah but they they absolutely painted bush in like the stupidest light that they could have possibly painted him in i thought that was Probably a little unfair. I, it's hard to believe that George W. Bush is that fucking stupid. The fact that both times they were meeting uh, Bush, uh, when, when he was courting him as his uh, VP, he Bush's primary focus was barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was like halfway through the first. Uh, he just kept meeting, asking. For he barbecue. asks for uh, ribs. Asks if he likes burnt ends. And then the scene where Cheney is telling him, "Hey, how about we do this?" You give me the mundane day-to-day things, like the military. Like everything. <laughs> and he just lists off everything. And they cut to Bush, uh, Sam Rockwell, with a fucking drumstick, like, falling off his face. And he's like, they yeah. like slowed it. They, like, slowed it down. They zoomed in, slowed it down with, like, the food falling yeah. all over his face. I was like, when that happened, I was like, all right, that's a little unnecessary. <laughs> but, you could have painted that. You could have sent the message that this mm, guy's very stupid yeah. without making him wear his food on his face. So uh, this movie is definitely a comedy. Obviously, given the subject matter, as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be in the mood for laughing <laughs> at a lot of these things. And uh, what I can say about it is... <clears throat> It gives you permission to laugh later. Like I chuckled at some parts during the movie, and then there were funny parts that I didn't. I didn't think like, "Oh, that's not funny," but I just didn't really laugh. I don't know, uh, just because like the subject matter is so serious. Like you're right. talking about so many fucking people dying, so many Americans dying, and uh, but the, just the, it, the the presentation, which is if you've ever seen. Um, uh, the the big, the big short. short. Yeah. It's just like that very kind of snappy, witty Adam McKay, I think is his name, yep. uh, style. And a- as I was watching it, I was like, this is pretty good. And then 
after I saw it, I was like, no, that was good. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, obviously, the the reviews are pretty polarizing. Um, oh, are they? Why are are, are like right wingers mad? Uh, I would just I would not have fucking assume <laughs> yeah. so. You like Dick Cheney? You're not gonna like this <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah? But I I honestly think that that most critics and most people mm-hmm. are either land on one end or the other. Like, there's not a lot of media. It's not just right wingers that are yeah. like this wasn't good. Uh, uh, I think there's a lot of critics that were like, this just really missed the mark. And I don't know why I, I really liked it. Um, obviously it, it certainly had an agenda. Yeah. It was very political. Uh, it was very, uh, it, like, it dug into literally its made a mockery of, yes. uh, the Bush administration. Yeah. And so I, I really understand why somebody could come away and be like, not for me. Yeah. Um, but if, from my point of view, I thought it was very, 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 very entertaining. I thought that it was very, very creative in the way that it presented the story. Like, yeah. So here, like, here's what I'll say. Like, this is a really cool, unique way of telling the Dick Cheney story. Whereas if you look at Bohemian Rhapsody, it's a very fucking boring, yeah. very uh, paint-by-numbers way of doing a biopic about somebody so fucking interesting. And, and this movie admitted when it lied. Yeah, like, this would, movie admitted during, it, it had a narrator, and it yeah. would say at parts where it was cloudy. It'd say, "Now we're not sure if this is exactly what happened, but something like this happened." Right, and so at the end of the day, I was entertained by it, and that's really all I asked for. And I think yeah. that it's it's much it's it's hard to make like a very interesting, very um, like thrilling sort of political movie, even when it's a, when it's that administration where so much shit went down. Yeah. Like this was a very quick, like you said, very snappy political mm-hmm. movie. And a lot of political movies move super slow. Yeah. And sort of drag you through the shit. So for me, not a huge political person, not really, I don't really had, have strong thoughts on the Bush administration one way or the other. You were too young. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I wasn't old enough to really comprehend what was happening with, with that. Uh, so <laughs> it's probably not a good thing that this movie was like where I learned a lot of things because oh, well, it's they... being told through like a very uh you know pointed slope or scope. Well, yeah, I mean they really they really beat you over the head with the fact that we had nothing on Iraq. Like we just yeah, really yeah. wanted to do it. And uh they <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld the entire movie is just obsessed with Iraq. And like when 9/11 happens, he's like Let's go get Iraq, and they're like, "Well, we don't think that they did it." And I think he, what does he, he calls, does he call? I forget who he calls, uh, like a little bitch. But he's like, 9-11 happens, and they're like, "Here's what's happening. Here's the information we know." And he's like, "Oh, it's Iraq. We got to go after them." And they're like, "Now, now, now. This, like, our our data shows and our intel shows that this is more uh, something in line with what Al Qaeda would do." And he's like, "Why do you always have to be such a little bitch about this stuff, man? Why can't we just go get Iraq?" So like the dialogue. Is uh, you know who they, he is? They, they you, know make who Rumsfeld, you know who Rumsfeld is? Who? He's the watch the game guys. Yeah, he's the. Uh, he's, I don't care about your fucking fancy stats. I don't care about your analytics. Right. Watch the fucking. Game. I got. A, I got a gut feeling <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah. He. Uh, they. I don't know. Like the the dialogue is very uh, blase, given what the stakes are. Like they like when they decide to invade Iraq, uh, they paint it as. People, the American people are confused. They know that we're at war, but they don't know with whom because there's Al Qaeda and there's the Taliban. And, like, are we technically at war with Afghanistan or what are we doing here? And uh, they were saying that, like, uh, the American people would feel better about the administration and, like, approval ratings would be higher if they knew 
oh, here's who we're fighting. So they were like, okay, Iraq time. And there was, they, they took a, the movie says they took a very, very, very thin link between uh, bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. And then obviously the weapons of mass destruction thing uh, hyped that up and then went in there. So I don't know. It's a, uh, it's like I said, it portrays them being very, very blasé about like the highest possible stakes things. It uh, it definitely draws a strong line between their decisions and the birth of ISIS, which are pretty irrefutable. But yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. It's a uh, it's a lot of stuff that you probably know. I didn't know everything that was in it, but uh, it still kind of makes you think. But again. Like, a day after seeing it, you'll laugh at how some of it was presented, and you'll feel really weird about that. Yeah, it, I, I, so, I, I mean, I learned a lot about, I'm assuming the, the things that I learned were true. I have to just, like, assume that, I guess, uh, in the areas where they didn't say, like, hey, we don't know a lot about this. Like, I don't think that it's true that Dick Cheney uh, used that many vocalized pauses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know that Dick Cheney had, like, a fucking office everywhere in D.C. I thought that, that was That I didn't them, know. I thought that that was, like, a really interesting part. So I just re- – I remembered that uh, SNL's depiction of the Bush administration was, like, every time Bush did something, he had to call uh, Cheney and ask him. Or, uh, like, Cheney would come into the Oval Office and Bush would get up and let him, <laughs> like, sit there because that's Cheney's desk. So, like, everybody knew that, like, Cheney was calling a lot of the shots – but it's pretty astonishing that he just had control that no other VP had before. And they really set up how um, unglamorous a job vice president is, how uh, up until then it was kind of a nothing job. Yeah. Um, And he just found a way to basically, it was like House of Cards like, he was able to manipulate it so that he could essentially take over the world. Right. Like, if that was, like, a House of Cards season, people would look at that and be like, wow, that's way too way too unrealistic. Yeah. Like, nobody would be able to just fucking manipulate their way to the president's desk like Cheney did. Uh, and especially with as cartoonish a character as George Bush. I mean, the first time that they show George Bush in this movie, he is drunk off his ass, yeah. stumbling into, like, a plant. Right. Like, like, like there's broken glass. <laughs> yeah. They look over and they're like, oh, that's the Bush that's the bush son yeah and they, they do they the were black sheep they were of the family very mean to jeb bush in this movie because they're like yeah jeb bush is the, for sure going to be the next yeah. president yeah <laughs> they're like like nah the the, the younger one's got to screw loose but jeb man he's he's really got this in the bag mm. well jeb did help george depending on what you want to believe in that first election mm, funky ass true. florida votes that's true something's always going on with florida uh, uh we how'd got you, how'd you feel about the performances right i was gonna say that's uh probably the big the the big topic with this one, other than again, every so many people died, uh, was uh, Christian Bale won a Golden Globe for his performance. I thought that he was good, not great. Damn it! And it sucks I, because I feel like this is like you're th- gonna th- get murdered. Th- on this, this year, one. I think that so many things are good, not great. You're gonna get murdered on this one because yeah. Christian Bale is like gonna. I thought he mind, overdid it like crazy. No way! I thought that he was unbelievable. Uh, obviously, the prosthetics and the makeup helps. Mm, yeah. Um, and obviously, like the weight gain, he'll get credit for that and stuff as well. But I mean, it's it's that not sucks. Even, How come they not, get credit for the weight gain? <laughs> I know it's not even close. It's a runaway win for me for for Bale. You that he'll oh, yeah. win Best Actor? Yeah. 
It's not even uh, close. I don't know if fucking Gary Oldman wins for Winston Churchill and Dark. Right? Hour. No, it's a makeup award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you I'm, know what? Ray Malik look an awful lot, lot like that horse, so maybe they'll, <laughs> maybe he'll win. Gary Oldman wasn't even fucking good in the Darkest Hour, though. That like, was that was, it was so, so frustrating. That was yeah. that was a makeup award. It yes. was it was a best costume design. There was such a clear like Daniel Day Lewis just like unbelievable reinvented acting for unbelievable me. Unbelievable like, in Phantom Thread. Yeah. So uh I wouldn't be furious if he won. Like I thought he was good. Like I I don't know. I didn't think he was unbelievable. I got annoyed with the vocalized pauses. I thought that he really really overdid it. I thought that he I thought that the way that he spoke and the way that he kind of uh obviously the way that he looked and like just the speaking was really what got to Yeah, me. he fact, had, like, the stern old man thing down. And he had, like, the talk out of one side of your mouth thing, mm. which Chaney did. He was really fucking good. Hmm. Yeah, he... Again, I, I feel like when I say that I thought something was good, I feel like I have to defend it as though I said it was bad. Like, he... He was... Yeah, he was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about... Every, what did you think about... I, I just uh, found... I found it a little distracting to eat. You know what um, I found distracting? What? That that uh Christian Bale's performance and like interpretation of Cheney was so like accurate. Well the and young spot Cheney on. stuff was weird. Yeah, that was very weird. Yeah. And I thought I, I also thought that like a lot of the dialogue from the young Cheney stuff was uh was a little bit bland. Hmm. Especially the the like the living room scene with Amy Adams. I know that that was like a a big part of the movie and Apparently it really happened, but the dialogue there just seemed like very forced and very bland, yeah. and it was like just your classic "prove to me you exactly. love me" kind of. Yeah, scene. exactly. So uh, didn't love that. But what do you think of uh, Carell as Rumsfeld? I thought that uh, I thought that Carell was probably the best of the bunch. But we talked about this after. Poor Steve Carell is just so typecast as Steve Carell that yeah. if you hire Steve Carell to play somebody, especially if you're hiring him to play someone who like a, a real person then you're just having that so, character be steve carell it's so he, well it's so hard to just get past steve carell and i know that's pretty unfair to steve carell um but it's it's very very hard to look at steve carell and not recognize that it's steve carell and especially and this is in a role like this where like it's like hey be steve carell but as donald rumsfeld right uh and this is even pre michael scott like when you'd see him in bruce almighty or uh or uh anchorman like he was like the the light funny idiot and, and as soon as they gave him, like, his first laugh in the movie, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. Because nobody laughs like Steve Carell. Yeah, it's like, he's I'm, one of a kind. <laughs> yeah. It's like some fucking bold-ass laugh. And it's just like, there's that is such an identifiable laugh that it's impossible to watch it and be like, that's not Steve Carell. Uh, I did think Sam Rockwell was great. He, uh, I mean... He definitely had his own portrayal of that character, but seemingly they told everybody, hey, let's play this as offensive as possible. See, so that's like the thing. It's that uh, Christian Bale's portrayal of Dick Cheney was so spot on, and then like everybody else around him was the the most cartoon character that they could have possibly been. Yeah. uh, Which was a real, it was a weird dynamic. Uh, where it was like Bale is the only serious person, in but this again, movie. like I can, like it's a it's a comedy about some serious stuff. So I think that maybe that's why they had to do you, it. 
That and also like it helps push the narrative that like Dick Cheney was able to manipulate all of these fucking. These people. guys were boobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I get it, but it was just like it was sort of weird to 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 take in. Uh, what would what are you putting? What are you stamping down on this? Um, Dick Cheney over here. I know. <laughs> Um, uh, here's the thing. I, uh, I think, I think I should go to the hospital. Yes, please. I thought the heart attack heart scenes attack. were very funny. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, very funny heart uh, attack very scenes. Very funny. Um, I'm Credit where s- credit's due. Actually, you know what my stamp is going to be? My stamp is going to be, show me the goddamn musical number. Because oh, there was yeah. a musical number in that was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, Adam McKay cut it out because he said that it didn't fit. Uh, anywhere that he tried to put it in, but that it was his maybe the most, it was maybe his favorite part of the movie, and it broke his heart. And he thinks that he might have made a mistake by not putting it in the movie. Which it stinks because there was a uh, like a bedside uh, or there was a, like a bedtime pillow talk uh, like Shakespearean kind of scene between Cheney and his wife, and nobody needed that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just fucking, just even if it has nothing to do with this part of the movie, just drop that in instead of that. That part was terrible. Uh, it, it just makes me very curious to see how big the musical number is mm. because McKay said that it was huge, and it it fucking had to be if it would because they did some ridiculous things. Yeah, uh, the, the the dinner the, scene where they're like where uh, Alfred Molina comes out, yeah. and presents them with like. All these that is of straight out of uh, that is straight out of the Big Short. I haven't seen the Big Short yet, uh, but if that's what it's all about, yeah. then I'm, I'm I gotta watch the Big Short. And I'm gonna love it because I fucking loved that dinner scene. Oh, you know when they're talking about something, uh, they're talking about something and they keep repeating like a, a term or something, and they're like, "Now you're probably wondering what this means." Uh, like they'll turn to the camera, they'll break the fourth wall, be like, "You're probably wondering what this means." It's really confusing, so we're gonna have Margot Robbie in a tub explain it, Hell and yeah. it cuts to Margot Robbie in a tub, like drinking champagne and explaining it. Don't hate that. And then they cut back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go show me the goddamn musical. Uh, mine's just gonna be good with an exclamation point. Wow, pretty boring. Yeah, I thought it was, well, the movie was pretty boring. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, now uh, this uh, this Beale Street movie. If Beale Street could talk, it is uh, the director of moonlight's first movie since moonlight i'll say right off the top i preferred it to moonlight moonlight obviously was a best picture winner shouts out uh justin horowitz sure for uh for letting us all know yeah yeah moonlight (laughs) it says moonlight uh i stop what you're doing at once (laughs) That was the most over-the-top presentation. So dramatic. Ah! <laughs> Everybody! Uh, I I liked it. Uh, I wasn't absolutely crazy about it. I thought that it had a lot of charm. Mm. I thought that it had very good character development for certain characters. Sir, yes, certain. Certain characters. And it was a uh, a pretty heartbreaking storytelling you kind of, I, so unfortunately it's a movie that relied on the viewers knowledge of american history to kind of fill in some obvious blanks and one of them was you knew it wasn't going to have yeah. uh the, the correct ending yeah. so it's a young woman who's trying to get her uh, boyfriend, the father of her unborn child, 
out of prison uh, for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, so a racist cop had uh, had it out for this guy, accused uh, was looking for a rapist, and was like, yeah, it was that guy, threw him in jail, and there was no way they were going to get him out, but they're trying to get him out. And uh, it's just a lot of, uh, obviously, like civil rights era type stuff. Uh, it was slow, but good slow. It was it was methodically slow. Yeah, it was. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, and it was told in I don't know how to describe this, uh, but it uh, vignettes. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, I really. Think so I where mean, it's like now, then, now, then, now, uh, then, now, then, now, then. Sort of. Wait, in which way? Where they'd show a scene from present day, and they would show a scene from uh, months earlier, and then they'd show another well, scene flashbacks. from present day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like both got equal time, though. Yeah, so I mean... The, so I like said, two stories were kind of told at the same time. Yeah. So like the present and the past were told... Uh, I'm so glad that there's definitely a term for this, and people are listening and pulling their hair out. <laughs> Let's make up a term yes. for it. Um, double linear yo-yoing. It was, it was told in a uh, yo-yoing double linear fashion, which is like fashion but theorem. Yes. Uh, uh, one thing that that about this movie, I was very distracted by how much the the main character, uh, what's uh, Fawny? Fawny. Yeah. Uh, how much he looked like Kid Cudi. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. A bit. Like similar jaw. Is it may I think it might have been like the facial hair. Hmm. Um he like the bad beard sort of and and I don't know, it he looked a lot like like Kid Cudi at, at certain points. But I thought that all the acting was really good in this. Yeah. Um we've got uh, so we were discussing best actress is gonna be a humdinger this year. Uh look out supporting actress because Regina King Regina was King. like she won this movie. She yeah, won she Golden won the Globe. Golden Globe, which Man, at least he got some things right. <laughs> right, the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what stinks because I want to be like, hell yeah, good for Regina King. Uh, I, like good for Christian Bale. But then, ugh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I haven't really organized my thoughts on a lot of the supporting noms or supporting candidates. But it's, Regina King was awesome. Yeah, she was really, really, really great. Uh, and this is a big year because uh, we do not have uh, Octavia Spencer right. scamming her way <laughs> into right. another. Like, Octavia Spencer, if you're a new listener to the podcast, uh, Octavia Spencer is like a top ten actress who refuses to go uh, like load up with other superstars she just wants to dunk on everybody by being a supporting actress when (laughs) if she were she could easily have like two best actresses by now and she's just dunking on everybody in the uh in jv yeah so this i think this year she might have just taken a year off right she's gonna she's just reloading well some movie some years she's uh you're like man she could have been nominated for a couple of these I mean, this year it seems like there it could go. It could be. It's this year. It seems like it's wide open, but there are a lot of good candidates. Mm. Uh, what else? For, uh, the girl from the favorite. Yeah, uh, she was really good. Uh, would Would you consider the queen to be uh, lead actress or supporting actress? 
Uh, I would say supporting actress. I would say too, but didn't she, she win? Won she won Best Actress yeah. at Golden Globes. Yeah, and, but that those sort of movies are always fucking tough. Right, they I remember, get like equal time. Uh, what's uh, Mark Ruffalo won Best Supporting Actor for Spotlight? And I was, <laughs> was like, like whoa! <laughs> yeah. Like the whole movie is him. Yeah, I know. Um, but I guess like I say, the Queen is a supporting actress because Same. Emma Stone is clearly the star of that movie. Same, I agree. Uh, so you've got the Queen, you've got uh, the other girl, the the lady, whatever yeah. her name is. But she she plays a. I would be surprised if both of them did not get nominated. Nice. Uh, and then Regina King, which I don't know, that'd be pretty funny if both king and the queen were nominated yeah yeah (laughs) uh and they could also put in lucy boynton to have somebody else probably not the bad queen movie (laughs) probably not lucy boynton uh maybe do some better movies you uh crush it in sing street when we get back on that train always yeah get maybe do a sing street sequel don't do bohemian rhapsody again uh but yeah this uh i liked this movie a lot more than everybody else did. And I think I it made a very good first impression on me because it has one of the best scenes of the year, which is the a very long scene in the beginning of the movie where they tell uh, her boyfriend's family, her boyfriend's in prison, and they're telling his family that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And... There and that family is all over the place. So everyone is so her family is very supportive and they're happy about it. And the other family is crazy mom, uh, like huge Bible thumper, uh, party animal dad. Uh, unfortunately, you kind of know how the scene's gonna end, and it's. Yeah, that was the, little... the scene runs the gamut though. Like, yeah. like he he does something terrible in the scene, but, but was... before that, he's got some funny lines yeah. and everything because like there's just so much tension. And... As soon as it builds up to like the the climax of that scene, I was like, oh damn it, because he was so easily like the person to root for in that family, right? While, where everybody else is just the they're worst. so stern and like he's drunk, so it's like you all clearly have problems here, but at least you're. Being supportive he, of this, yeah. this of yeah. like your son and this young woman, uh, but yeah, like I thought that everybody in that scene was great. There were a lot of funny lines when they say uh, something about I forget which said they say like uh, I forget a, what they say, but the comeback is a lot of that's because don't talk. nobody want to fuck you. Yeah, there's a lot of vagina ch- vagina talk and uh, a lot of use of the c word. Oh right! Uh, yeah, <laughs> this guy caught me out of off guard. Um, but, but do you agree that that scene was that, that scene, scene kind of like was so there, the movie? There, there were two scenes that really like stood out to me. It was that scene and the scene with the friend. Yes, when they're smoke, when they're sharing a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, or sharing cigarettes. I suppose each have them um, their own splitsies. And, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is the funny friend. or the friend the friend yeah uh and i thought that he was really good uh there if there was, was a best uh actor who's in no more than 10 minutes of a movie i would yes. nominate him yeah or him and uh dave franco yeah dave franco's in this movie i didn't know that at all dave franco plays a uh, little jewish realtor yeah, man little, little nice non-racist jewish uh realtor person it's so man like so i said that it kind of you obviously have to kind of know American history to understand uh, some of these situations, but obviously, uh, for better or worse, we do. He uh, he's renting them a loft, and Fani says, 
how come how you're come comfortable nice yeah how come you're being nice to us how come you're comfortable running this loft normally when people see us show up they say never mind and they lie blah blah and he says uh i just he said it's something like i i love love or something yeah. like that like i love people who love each other and uh he's like oh so you're a hippie it's so sad that for you, if you were like not racist, yeah. they were like, "Oh, so you must be a hippie or something." Yeah, the hippie was the original liberal, right? Just like, yeah. like you're just doing like the normal nice, like, like you, you not care even about nice, people, just like decent, yeah. obvious thing. They're like, "Oh, so you're so you must smoke a lot of marijuana <laughs> and upset everybody." Uh yeah, you must be on drugs. I would put uh, Brian Tyree Henry or. Um, uh, Denzel's son, um, in in uh, he Denzel's son is in the uh, fuck, the old man and the gun. I think. Really, who's Denzel Washington's son? Uh, the guy from Black Landsman. That uh, yeah, is I it know David Washington, some, John David Washington, John or something? David Washington. Yeah, that's that's Denzel's son. Yeah, yeah, John David Washington. I. Mm, no, I don't see it. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, it's a fact, man. <laughs> but it's like, like I think that he's pretty handsome. But like, that's some Cooper Manning stuff right there. Just Denzel is, and that's also suggest that Peyton and Eli are handsome. I'm saying that Peyton and Eli were both good football players. Cooper was not. Uh, Denzel, but yeah, John David is Wa- breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, John David Washington's in like. The old man and the gun for probably 45 seconds. Who does he play? He just plays, like, another cop. And uh, he has, like, two lines. Uh, so l- let's stamp this Beale Street. Um, what am I going to say? Oh, man. I should really come up with my stamps beforehand so I don't have to do this every time. Oh, I will say it is a... Uh, I'll say good aesthetic. Because I, I love the aesthetic of this movie. So I was going to... I don't know how to put it into words, but basically, uh, you don't stop watching it. Like, it's yeah. like, like it keeps your... You like can't you don't look ch- away. Yeah, you don't check your phone. Um, That's a, that is a that is 100% true. This is a movie that, that kept my attention 100%. You'll, yeah, that, that's my... You'll never check your phone. Okay. Yeah, it, it relentlessly keeps your attention. Isn't that the... Um, that's the soccer thing, right? What? You'll never check your phone? Oh, right, yeah, because, I mean, that's that. not true for me. There's they, a lot of time to check your phone. You'll never check your phone? Is that Manchester United? Yes, that's what they chant in the stands. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about Black Klansman? No. Because he's good I, in that. He's I, I really liked Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, that, would, that would for sure sneak into my very good category. Yes, yeah, same. I feel, yeah, I've got, like, a pretty thick, very good category, and I want to kick some out because I don't want... I don't want those to be watered down. Like, right. I think that Black Klansman's better than A Star is Born, and I want to draw that line. Pretty close to me. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw... Uh, we should definitely... Like, how you did the Taylor Swift songs in tears. Yeah, let's, like... Let's do Oscar noms in tears. And I'm going to start seeing... Uh, I'm going to start seeing uh, some again uh, as okay. they come out on demand and everything. So, to get a little clarity, maybe we'll have, like, big boards, shuffle them around. Hell yeah. Uh, I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, you know what's, uh, what idea I like? What? Follow John Misty Karaoke. Hold me close, tiny dancer. Yeah. Put the headlights on the highway. Yeah. Lay me down in sheets of lead.
nitrogen foamy martini quick and the tiny dancer where did he go playing lead nipple that was great <laughs> 